Hello, and welcome to another episode of I Just Want to Be Included. My name is Veronica Olson, and today, Lisa and I have some fun reminiscing about playing with Barbie as kids and our reflections on the Barbie movie. This is intended to be a lighter and fun episode. Once we started reflecting on the movie, we realized how relevant these topics are to our podcast. Gender roles, identities, and inclusion are a huge part of this movie. You may not like or agree with everything you hear on this podcast, and that's okay. The goal of this podcast is to bring humanity and different viewpoints to difficult topics. As always, anything said in this podcast is based on personal thoughts, opinions, and experiences. Nothing said in this podcast should be taken as professional advice. Everyone is different. Every situation is different. Please always seek professional advice in your community for whatever issues you or your child might be dealing with. Enjoy the episode. So today I have Lisa here in person, which is awesome. We haven't seen each other since 2008. 18. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. So I am so excited to have her in town and to be able to hang out with her. Me too. And we got to go see the Barbie movie together. We did. And it was great. Yes, we thoroughly enjoyed that. And so we thought we'd spend an episode just kind of having fun and talking about Barbies in general because it was a huge part of our childhood. And also the movie, because it definitely impacted us. We've had a lot of conversation about it. Um, so we thought we'd just have some fun and, and talk about that. Um, we both had Barbies. We loved Barbies. Loved, loved Barbies. Loved Barbies. <laughs> Played Barbies together all the time. Barbie was the thing that was mainly on my Christmas wish list until I was about 15 years old. <laughs> and uh, Barbie was a doll that... Uh, you know, we, we could, we could use our imaginations with, and we could dream about being adults with townhouses and the camper and all the different toys that we had. Yeah. And we would spend the night at each other's houses and it would be a Barbie night. It was loading up a huge bag full of stuff. We had duffel bags. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) The size that we could fit into ourselves. I don't know that rolling suitcases existed yet no (laughs) so i know but duffel bags full of accessories and dolls and we'd go spend the night somewhere and that's all we did like it our whole sleepover revolved around setting up our own little barbie worlds we have houses and my mother sold avon so we had avon box tops that we could use as like a elevated area for the house so that was neat the dining room was always elevated yeah (laughs) And, you know, some of my treasured toy as a kid was getting the Barbie camper van for my birthday one year. Oh, yeah. And that was awesome. And I remember unwrapping that and just being like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I have this even I don't know, what was I, eight or nine or something? I even knew, like, this is expensive. How do I have this? <laughs> you know, like, I knew that, you know, this was not a normal gift. And looking back, it was probably yeah. a combination gift for my grandparents and my parents. 
Um, but I loved that thing. If I had it now, I would still pull it out and play with it. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's it's gone, long gone. Yeah. But um, I had that, and I had the McDonald's playset, which was so much fun. The department store. Mm-hmm. And Crystal Barbie, I had Peaches and Cream Barbie. I was so jealous of the Peaches and Cream Barbie because her dress was so beautiful. And my so work, 80s. Working class Barbie dolls did not have pretty dresses <laughs> like that. They had a few occasional, a uh, few nice outfits for, they had a few nice outfits for occasional evenings out, but that was about it. <laughs> yeah, you were saying they're more factory worker Barbie. The factory worker Barbie, yeah, that's a, a line we should try to sell. It's uh, talk to Mattel. <laughs> Absolutely. For, especially in Detroit with all those uh, factory workers, you know, the women that were on the assembly lines in the yeah, 80s, for sure. A little UAW hat. You know? Yeah, give them some representation. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but we really did have fun with it. And we were talking about why Barbie was so much fun to play with. And Lisa mentioned already that it was because we could pretend to be adults uh, living in an adult world. Yeah. Um, and Barbie had it all, man. Yeah. She opened possibilities that, you know, we, the, the movie starts out with the movie starts out with movie starts out with girls playing with baby dolls instead of Barbie dolls. And the, the baby dolls kind of just showed girls what it was like to be a mother, but Barbie showed girls what it was like to be an adult. And to be somebody that was independent and had a great job. I mean, she was an astronaut and a doctor and what else? Oh, she's been everything. Veronica? What else was she, Veronica? <laughs> she's been everything, but she's also had a Corvette. She's had a camper van. She's had a Jeep with a, you know, trailer in the back for her horse. I mean. Well, yeah, she's a horse person. What are those people are called? The question? I, I don't know what the word is. She's but she person. had some nice things. She had a home office. She had a home gym. <laughs> like, she had it all, man. And just as a kid, to be able to picture having an adult life with all these really cool things, some of them nicer than what, you know, we had in our homes. Right. <laughs> was, was really cool as a kid. Yeah, yeah. Barbie, the Barbie movie was neat, though, because, you know, we talked earlier today about Barbie not being the thing that caused our society to to be focused on what it focuses on, but a reflection of what our society focuses on. And that's the the perfectionism that we need to have in our bodies or that we want to have in our bodies. Rather, we don't need to be perfect, but the society tells us that we should be perfect. And we talked about the dichotomy of being a woman mm-hmm. and um, you mentioned some really, really great stuff when we were talking, Veronica. Um, yeah. It, I really love that speech America forever gives towards the end of the movie. Um, yeah. She nailed it with women kind of having this feeling like, well, I've got to be this and I've got to be this and I've got to be this and I've got to be that. And right. it never feels good enough. It never feels like enough. Um, you never feel like you're doing the right thing, that you're being what you're supposed to be. Right. It, it just never feels like enough. And Barbie in her little world doesn't understand that, right? She's in her nice little world. And it's until she goes to the real world and she's like, oh, what's this? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I don't understand what's going on here. You know, there are people unhappy. They're people treating me in a way that I don't want to be treated. Right. You know, it's, it's a whole new world for her. Well, and as we talked about too, when we were talking, um, 
earlier today, uh, Ken was created as like a sidekick for Barbie because as we mentioned earlier, um, Ruth, Ruth Hadler, the lady that uh, invented Barbie for her daughter to have a plaything, uh, Mattel was the company, of course, that produced Barbie. And they got a lot of letters from people saying Barbie can't be a single woman. She's got to be with a man. You know, I guess that was the, the era back then. We wanted women to show that family side of themselves instead of that they could be independent and single. So Women can be anything as long as they have a man on their side <laughs> right. was kind of the message, right? Right. You know, which didn't sound like it was Ruth's intention, but because of backlash from parents, you know, Barbie can't be single. Right. So, she so she's like, all right, well, here's Ken. <laughs> but then what happens to Ken? And we see that in the movie. Mm-hmm. Ken doesn't even understand his purpose of being there. No. He's like, I'm here to do Beach. I'm here because Barbie's here. And, and for those that didn't see the movie, Beach is what he thinks of as his job. Right. What is Beach? He's not a lifeguard. He doesn't save people's lives in the water. No, he can't swim. So he, he beaches. So we don't know exactly what that is. It's never defined for us, but it doesn't really need to be because it's not anything that you can actually do. <laughs> right. And it's just, you kind of get a sense of both Ken and Barbie in that movie are going through identity crisis mm-hmm. for different reasons. Ken doesn't understand his purpose. Right. Like he just shows up and shows up and, you know, Barbie kind of uses him as she wants to. And then she's like, all right, I'm done with you. You can go now. Yeah. It's where, wherever, that, wherever you're going to, I don't even know where you're going, but right. <laughs> you feel it's your duty today. And then, you know, Barbie starts having these feelings of, you know, existential crisis and sets on this journey to the real world um, to try to figure out what's happening and has a whole nother crisis because she's thinking, but I was made so you can dream and you can dream big and you can right. do anything you want. And then she sees the real world and she's like, what the heck happened? <laughs> I don't understand. I was supposed to be this and this is not what's happened in the world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. At the beginning, Ken feels marginalized because he's in the Barbie world where Barbie is the one that's, I, I don't even know how to say it, maybe on top. She's the one that the Barbies are the ones that run the show yeah, because it's they're, Barbie world. Yeah, you know, they're running everything. And then in the real world, it's the opposite. And Barbie starts to feel marginalized. So, um, you know, we, we talked earlier about trying to find a way that both people could feel like they're not being marginalized. And that's basically what I want to be included. Yeah. What we're trying to do on this podcast is to help people find a way to feel included and to feel part of society. We don't have the answers. We are figuring it out ourselves. And believe me, we don't know what we're doing. Um, but we are figuring it out as we go along. But I, I, I really liked because I felt for both characters. I mm-hmm. felt for both Barbie and Ken um, because they're both trying to find themselves and understand their purpose. Ken doesn't know what his is. Barbie thought she knew what her what, what her purpose was then goes into the real world and finds out what she thought her purpose was is not what is going on. Right. Um, so that's a big crisis to deal with. And most of us still deal with that, right? Whether you're a man or you're a woman, it's really hard sometimes to get your identity and figure out who you are. And that changes over time in life. Mm-hmm. Who you are at 20 is not who you are at 50. Right. right. <laughs> We're learning that the hard way. Right. Um, and, but that's a universal thing. You know, it's not men versus women. It Everybody's trying to find their identity. And society kind of puts these conditions in place 
that, well, you're a man, so you should do this. And you're a woman, so you should do that. Or, you know, and, and sometimes that works for people and sometimes it doesn't. And right. when it doesn't work, then you have a, a crisis on your hands because you're trying to figure out where you fit in and it may go against what society is telling you is okay. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the song that they use when Barbie is going into the real world when she's driving in her car, and this is in the, the trailer, so... We're not giving anything away here, but it's closer to fine by the Indigo Girls, which awesome song. It's one of my yeah, exactly. They're one of my favorite bands, honest to goodness. They I've been listening to their songs ever since I was a teenager. Um, I've cried to their songs, I've danced, I've laughed, I've sung along with their songs. <laughs> um, all their songs have some kind of hidden meaning, I'm sure. But um, this one, I, I love the the lyrics in this song, and one of the verses I wanted to to talk about today is uh, well, the darkness has a hunger that's insatiable. And lightness has a call that's hard to hear. And I wrapped my fear around me like a blanket. I sailed my ship of safety till I sank it. I'm crawling on your shores. And part of the, um, the chorus goes, there's more than one answer to these questions pointing me in a crooked line. And the less I seek my source for some definitive, for some answer to these questions, the less I seek my source, the closer I am to find, the closer I am to find. And, and I think that's such a neat song. It was obviously picked for a great purpose. The director, whoever picked it out, did a fantastic job picking that song because it's ironic, the fact that she's going to the real world to seek the answers. And the song's line is saying, and the less I seek my source for some definitive, for some answer. Yeah. Unless we try to figure out what's going on and try to understand every single aspect of life, the closer I am to fine. And that's all, what all of us really want, right? We just want to be closer to fine. That's what all of us really want, to be closer to fine. Yeah. And I think it, it really was genius for them to use this song because, again, this is a universal struggle for all of us, right? We we tend to want to look for answers. Why is this happening? Why is this not happening? I don't understand what's going on. And yeah. I have been in that place in my life for sure. And when you get stuck on, well, why, why, why? You cannot move forward and you can literally be stuck. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's interesting that the weird Barbie who is also an awesome character. <laughs> yes, we love that <laughs> Because she existed in all our houses. Um, you know, sends Barbie to the real world. She must kind of know what she's sending her off to, right? I think so, yeah. <laughs> like, she's like, you need to go. It's 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 going to be a trip, but you need to go. And Barbie's like, no, I picked the heel. I want the heel. <laughs> I know. It's like the Matrix with that red pill, I think, is the one that you take if you don't want to remember everything in the blue pill, or I might have it confused. But she wants to take the heel. And yeah. The, the wacky Barbie or the... Weird Barbie. The weird Barbie is saying, um, you, you can't pick the heel. <laughs> You're yeah. going to pick the birkenstock or whatever those shoes are called but, but you can't blame barbie right no. because a lot of times you're like but i know this i'm comfortable with this right. i know who i am in this scenario if i choose a different path and start to change i don't know what's going to happen i don't know what there's that's going to lead to and that's scary nice. so that was a very you know profound moment too and i think a lot of the stuff felt that you know well i want to stay comfortable you know, that's the easier path, but 
that's not always the best path or, you know, that's not always the path that God has called you to be on just because you're comfortable and it feels easy. Right. Like you, you need to go, you know, a different way and try something different and, and see what you're capable of. Is it going to be scary? Yes. It's going to be hard. Probably. <laughs> but you know, that doesn't mean it's bad. That doesn't mean it's bad at all. No, you're right. It's, it's a different life, but it's, yeah, it's that uh, need for clarity, but the, not trying to find some kind of definitive answer for everything. And I think the clarity is that we just have to accept that God is in control and find a way to make everything fine for ourselves and listen to who we are. And Barbie is trying to do that in this story by, by making the choices that she does make. And um, it's it's a great movie in that way that it, it just helps us to see that there's so many different choices that we can take. And it, you had brought this up to that scene where she, when she first goes into the real world and she sees that older woman right. sitting at the bus stop and looks at her and says, you're so beautiful. You know, and the woman says, well, I know, <laughs> which is awesome too. <laughs> that is awesome. But, you know, Barbie comes from a world where everybody's the same. Right. You know, I mean, there's some differences there, but nothing changes in her world. It is the same day after day after day after day. And right. so for her to go to a world where things are very different, people are very different. You have different ages. In Barbie world, everybody's the same age. Midge's, poor Midge has been pregnant for how many decades? <laughs> poor funny. woman. Not fair. <laughs> That's fair. like torture. Um, you know, and so to find a world where things are different, she just has a different lens. She's like, yeah. you are older, but oh my gosh, you're so beautiful because you're different and you're unique. Yeah. And it's really cool to see that, you know, Barbie has that perspective. Um you know, it, it's great that towards the end of the movie, they find ways to kind of pull Barbie a little bit back into the world and kind of, you know, also kind of connect with Ken and find some middle ground. And I think that's a good lesson as well, because it's very easy to be, you know, pit against one another, whether it's a gender thing, whether it's, you know, it can be anything. Right. Right. And you can feel the struggles both Ken and Bobby are going through. And it really comes down to them listening to each other and being will willing to see something a little bit different and change. Right. Which right. is is scary. And you can see Barbie as she's thinking seriously about going back into that box and just magically going right. everything back to normal. Right. Um, she wants to take that pillow and just, yeah. And man, I don't blame her. <laughs> no, <laughs> just go back to what it was before. But, and that would have made her life better. It wouldn't have changed what's going on in the real world. Right. And once she saw that she couldn't ignore that. Right. And so a lot of us live in these bubbles where we don't actually see what other people are dealing with and going through, you know, we want to stay in our comfort zone. And I have definitely been guilty of that. And I've had my kids rip me out of it. <laughs> <laughs> Your kids can do that. Yeah. What I was thinking about earlier was um, Barbie wakes up in the morning in the beginning of the movie and she's got the best day ever again. Yeah. And it's again and again. And it's always the best day ever. 
So that's what makes the earth and the real world more interesting, I think, and more special because not every day is going to be the best day ever. Not every, you know, everybody you walk down the street and meet is not having the best day ever. Some of them are having the worst day of their life. And maybe tomorrow is going to be even worse than that. Yeah. But the neat thing is that, um, you know, we can all kind of be kind to each other and help each other get through this. And that's what we are trying to do here on this podcast is become a place where people can listen to people that are going through crisis and going through it again and again. And, you know, a lot of these things that we go through do not end. They don't end. There's no end to grief. There's no end to chronic diseases or gender changes or things like that. There's no end to it, but we will all get through this together. Exactly. And I love how that movie pulls generations of Barbies together. Right. You know, they yeah. pull the original doll. They also pull in, you know, poor Midge. They pour, <laughs> put in Alan, you know, who's kind of, you know, <laughs> gone by the wayside historically. Um, even the weird Barbie, you know, who's been abused and tossed aside. Right. Most of these Barbies are like, you don't want to go there unless you have to. You know, she's been <laughs> marginalized because she's different. Right. And so she's feeling that. And when you get to the end of the movie and you kind of see everyone coming together and recognizing that it's okay if you're different, it's okay that things aren't exactly the same, that, you know, we're not exactly the same. It's okay that things have changed. Um, that's very hard to accept yeah. sometimes in life. It is. But I think the movie did a really good job with that. I think so too. And um, I mean, boy, there's so much to unpack about this movie. Uh, the idea, like we were talking about before, the dichotomy of what women have to go through as, as human beings, as people. We have to be this, but we also have to be that. You have to be hard, but you have to be soft. You have to be able to be a strong businesswoman, but you also have to be a nurturing mother at 2 a.m. when your kid is crying and yeah. You know, I, I've had nights where my daughter literally woke me up at four in the morning, standing by the side of my bed and then puked all over the floor. Yep. <laughs> it's part of the parenting experience. <laughs> yeah. Who had to get up with the kid? Not my, not my <laughs> husband. It was me that got up with the child and called in sick to work that day and stayed home and cleaned up puke all day long and watched, watched her get sick and sick. That was not fun. <laughs> No. And, you know, I, I think too, and we had some fun just looking historically at some of these discontinued Barbies right? or the Barbies that were controversial when they came out, you know, and it's very telling that you have Midge, pregnant Midge. Pregnant Midge was a discontinued That Barbie was discontinued doll. because, you know, we don't want any girl to actually have to deal with reality. You well, know? it was part of the Happy Family series or something, <laughs> and I guess they thought that's not a good idea. Not so happy. <laughs> <laughs> you can't be pregnant. Babies disappear. <laughs> right. They just come out of they space. Should, they should have included a stork with the box. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's, you know, growing up Skipper which they're saying, oh, that sexualizes. Well, yeah, that's kind of what puberty does to girls. <laughs> and I'm sorry if you can't deal with that, but whatever. But then their controversial Ken is that he got an earring and that was a big deal in the 90s. <laughs> so I think it's very telling that what women deal with and what men deal with are very different things. Right. They, I don't, you know, I don't think one is more important than the other or um you know one should be revered over the other but historically women get the short on the stick you know 
you have to deal with these things, birth, you're changing bodies that you right. don't know how to deal with what to do with, but we're not going to talk about it or do anything about it. You have to deal with it and magically get to a place mm. where it's okay. You're an adult and magically everything's okay. And then you can be a wife and a mother and a, and a queer person, and all this other stuff. And it's going to be beautiful, you know? And then Ken's like, well, an earring. <laughs> well, and how many guys didn't have long hair and earrings and wear makeup in the eighties? I mean, that was the era of hair bands. And that and was a whole metal. music music genre. Oh yeah, I mean the guys that had the earrings were hot. I mean that's that's what we thought as kids. You know, he's so cute. He's got a little earring in his ear and a little so, poofy hair. And the poofy hair and the long hair. Yeah, you, know, you couldn't tell which one was the female. <laughs> yeah, um, but I really, I did appreciate that movie. I think there's a lot more there than people realize you know mm -hmm. um it's not just pro barbie and anti-ken that is not mm -hmm. the message i got mm -hmm. it's you know both are struggling for different reasons but they both need to stop and look kind of at the other side and they need need to find their own place and right. their own purpose and not depend on somebody else to say this is the box you should be in Right. This is your purpose in life. We expect this of you. And a lot of people have dealt with that in society, you know, right. men, women, whatever. A lot of people have been put in that box and well, you do this because that's what's expected. Period. The end. You know, people have been struggling with that for generations. Well, speaking of boxes too, and getting back to the way we started with um, the conversation about the toys, uh, the toys back then when we were growing up in the eighties, uh, were something that we used to fuel our imaginations. And we were able to become people that we normally were not through the Barbie dolls with our, with our imaginations. And that was a great thing. Nowadays, with the kids having the iPods and the iPads and the this and that and the other and cell phones and whatnot, you know, I, I remember a few years ago when my daughter was still young, I got her the Barbie dream house, the big, huge mansion of a house that Veronica and I both envied other children that could have. <laughs> I thought she had it and she thought that I had it, but I only had the townhouse because it was cheaper. The dream house was like, that was the, it yeah. was hanging from the ceiling in Toys R Us. <laughs> That's how important it was. That's how big it was. Big, big price tag on it. Yes, it did. Because even when I bought it a few years ago, it was so pretty expensive. Yeah, definitely over a hundred dollars, right? Took, oh yeah. And it took probably almost two hours to put the darn thing together. <laughs> I did it while my daughter was at her father's one, um, one of the first Christmases that we had split after we got, you know, separated and she came home in the morning. She was not as excited about it as I was, because when I got the box at my office, I literally ran up to the front and said, it's got the flushing toilet. <laughs> look, look, I can show you. It's got the button right here. People are like, Lisa, it makes a noise. It makes a noise. Like, yes, but it's the flushing toilet. And I am shaking my fist in excitement right now as I speak that. Because it was it was the neatest thing ever. And my daughter was like, okay, she played with it for maybe five times. Yeah. And then she was bored with it. Yeah. And, um, but she also started playing with Barbies when she was at four. So maybe it's because I got to work to her when she was too old. Cause I think she was eight. Yeah. By the time I bought her nine. I don't know. I think kids are just different <laughs> because I've dealt with that with my kids as well. Yeah. You buy them things and half the time you're buying it because you're like, I would have loved this when I yeah, was a kid. I wanted that. Yes. And then they're like, 
okay, well, just add it to the pile, you know, <laughs> stick in the corner. I'll get to it eventually. You know, they don't have the same like daily, daily going in there and pulling out this one thing right? and creating a whole world with it. They don't have that same experience. Well, in kids, if we were kids today, instead of back in the eighties, we probably wouldn't go to each other's house with double bags of right. stuff. We would maybe bring a computer. Yeah. Or a laptop or, or just a phone, phone TV and a cell phone, iPods. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's the difference too. I think is that Barbie came out for us at a time that we were both craving something to help us with our imaginations and, and guide us into that kind of imaginary play that we got to experience. Yeah. Barbie definitely helped create community. I feel like. Yeah. Because you could play with it by yourself, but you could also play with one other person, two other people, three other people, and everybody had different things. They had different right. dolls, different accessories. Mm -hmm. And that was great because then you could create a world and I've got a refrigerator, but hey, you've got a stove or you've got a dining room table. Let's just make this big world. And that's what we did. We would take what we had together. Yeah and create out of it. Well, you it literally did that. Literally did that. <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah, there was one summer I grew up in a, we, well, me and Lisa grew up in a subdivision. I had a house on a corner lot, which was a big front yard. Me and my two sisters um, all played with Barbie. And there was one summer day where I was like, we need to just have a big Barbie party. We have all these kids on our street. And so I made these handmade flyers and just walked up and down the street. <laughs> and when I saw kids playing outside, like, hey, you got any Barbies? Come to my house on this day at this time. Bring your Barbie stuff. We're going to make a huge Barbie world. And that's what we did. You know, people just brought all their stuff and we all staked out our spots <laughs> on the lawn. And everyone just played with Barbie. And it didn't matter if you were five, it didn't matter if you were 10, it didn't matter how much you had, which ones you had, like, it, it just didn't matter. It was, you like to play with these things. You have the same right. kind of imagination. Right. Let's just all come together and create this huge Barbie world and play together and imagine together. And I think kids miss out on that too. Right. Um, there's just so much. Can you even imagine nowadays? My kids don't want to talk to anybody, let alone walk down the street. You know, well, and, and, you know. I mean, I grew up in a t with a mom that would probably not let me do that even back then, let alone now. But um, now, certainly, you would not. You don't have the sense of community. You don't have the sense of being able to let your kid walk around passing out flyers to people. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so that sounds very strange. Yeah. Very strange. Yeah. Um, yeah. Barbie, Barbie was many things to us though. And she's many things to a lot of people. Um, I said earlier, I don't think she's a uh, symptom of a society, but more of a reflection of it because you know, the, the, the women have always had, women have always had this sense that we need to be skinny and thin and have no wrinkles, not even have any pores. Yeah. Uh, you know, we could go hours about that whole subject and, and, body dysmorphia and thinking about yourself as not being beautiful. But I don't think we want to do that today because we no. want to keep it kind of light. <laughs> but Barbie showed us that we can be anything. And we kind of blame her, though, for the idea that we have these images of women that are more than perfect. I mean, they're flawless. That's not the way women are. 
and I love the fact that the Barbie movie, like we, Veronica said earlier, shows us the scene with this older lady who knows that she's beautiful. When Barbie says, you're beautiful. She goes, I know, yeah. you know, I, I've struggled with that all my life. Uh, when I was young and thin, I thought my thighs were fat. And of course, if you can fit into a size four pants, <laughs> you do not have fat thighs. I'm sorry. If you think that you have fat thighs and you can fit into a size four pants, uh, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And that's, a, you know, and it's easy to point at something because we like to point at something and blame something. Well, it's right. Barbie's fault that that was put out there. No, this has been going on for hundreds of years. This is way before Barbie. Right. Women going to great lengths and great pain sometimes to make themselves look a certain way. Um, so this is not, you know, a blame Barbie moment. I don't oh, think. Oh, no, no, no. No, we, we don't blame Barbie at all. We sympathize with her, actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I remember the Jordache commercials when we were kids. Yes. With all the skinny models that were very, very small. And what I love to see today is that we have commercials now, like Old Navy will have commercials for jeans where they show women of all different sizes and shapes. And I yeah. think that's fantastic. Um, my daughter went through the same kind of uh, thought processes that I did as a teenager when she thought she was too overweight and she was not overweight. She was wearing like a size four as well. Um, and I struggled to try to find ways of showing her and telling her it's society's fault that you feel like that. It's yeah. not your fault. You are not too big. We all have to find a way of, of accepting who we are and what we look like for who we are. You, you know, you... You've got to find a way of being healthy and accepting yourself. Yeah. And how many of our kids still struggle with that? Right. You know, it's like a, a cycle that we desperately need to break. That's been going on for generations and generations. Because our kids, we want to blame social media. We want to blame lots of things. At the end of the day, a lot of their struggles are the same things we went through it's the same things our moms went through and their right. moms went through, you know, this idea that you have to look a certain way, that you're not beautiful enough, that you're not good enough, that you can only be these certain things. That's been going on for a long time. I would love if we could have conversations about how do we break that for our kids? You know? Right. Right. When, when my daughter was young and she was uh, one summer, she was about 120 pounds and she wanted to lose 40 pounds in a summer. And I said, if you lose 40 pounds in a summer, you will die <laughs> because you will be so skinny that at about five foot two, she should be 80 pounds. Right. And that would have been hor horrifying. It would have yeah. been horrific. Uh, so I sent her an email because she was living with her father at the time. Long story. I think I've gone into that in, in my other episodes. And I sent her an email and I said to her, you are beautiful no matter what kind of size you are, what kind of shape you are. I, I love you for your heart. I love you for your soul. I love you for who you are and you're always beautiful to me. You'll always be beautiful to me. But I also sent her some videos that show, uh, you know, Kate Winslet, for example, was on the cover of one of those magazines and she was upset with how much they airbrushed her picture. Yeah. Remember? Mm -hmm. And she said, I don't even look like that. Yeah. And that was her. That was not me. <laughs> <laughs> that was not her, but it was her. Right. You know, so that's the kind of society I think that we are dealing with, with kids and with ourselves. I mean, now I'm, I'm much bigger than I was back when I thought I was fat as a teenager. And I'm trying to still tell myself that I am okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm closer to fine. 
I love how in the Barbie movie too, that they used actresses of all shapes and sizes and skin color. And I love the diversity that they made with that because I, I don't think that was an accident either. Barbie can be anything. We think of Barbie as the certain dimensional figure, but we can make Barbie anything. You know, Barbie can be any size, whatever hair, you mm-hmm. know, Barbie can be whatever. Barbie can be a factory worker. <laughs> Barbie can be a CEO. <laughs> whatever she, she wants. Pretty stresses. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so I love that. And even with the Ken dolls, they made that some diversity too, right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't just a white Ken with dark hair, you know, which is kind of what I grew up with. Right. Um, you know, they diversified Ken. And so I do think it's good for kids to see like it can be a lot of things you know and you can be a lot of things and you can be beautiful and you know successful regardless of what size you are that doesn't matter well it matters what's inside your body right not the outside shell of your body and i think that's the the reason why you know barbie is really interested in the real world and going into that um real world instead of going back into her dream world of barbie land because she wants to explore being real, being human. And, you know, that's the diversity that ma- is what makes it so interesting in the real world, right? Yeah, yeah. It's those imperfections. And I th- we talked about why Barbie chooses the real world, you know, because part of you think, like, why would you do that? <laughs> right. <laughs> that seems crazy to me. <laughs> why would you choose that? But she is drawn to the imperfections, she's drawn to the diversity, she's drawn to the change that comes with being part of the real world. Right, and that shows too that even having the best day ever, every day of your life is is not anything I think that anybody would want to go through for the rest of their life. I mean, it would be great, sure, for maybe a few weeks, you know, like a vacation, (laughs) you know, let's, let's vacation in Barbie land, but let's come back to the real world when we get done with that right when we get bored of that and we always know that we don't know what to expect out there and we we can't try like i said like the the song closer to find says we can't be looking for our source for some definitive to our source for some definitive we have to be closer to find by being less in control yeah and i think that's what also you know defines the Christian faith defines our, our lives as Christians as we look for God to, to help guide us in this life instead of trying to find the control and the definitive and the answers. Yeah. And so the irony of this song is that when you start letting go of obsessed with why and wanting to be control of everything, that's when you are really more fine. Because control is an illusion. It is. We like to feel we have it. I gave up on it because it was just easier to say, you know what? I'm not in control. You know, it it was actually easier for me to go down that road at at a certain point. Right. And so to be closer to fine is to get this to this level of understanding, like, you know, God's in control. I'm not going to understand everything. I'm not going to know everything. And that's okay. And I I can be okay like that because somebody else is in control. Um, So I, I truly love that they use this. And it's also the other song they use by Matchbox 20, 
was also really cool for Ken. Um, right. That's another song that I've always liked. Um, Push by Matchbox 20. That was a good song, too. Yes. Yeah. And this song, a re- an abusive relationship that he was in, um, Rob was in a relationship with a woman who was kind of emotionally abusive. Okay. And so these lyrics were a reflection of that. And so I think, you know, it's trying to give Ken a voice, right? When Ken gets a song, he's starting to find his voice, um, right. you know, and starting to speak for himself, like, you know what? I, it's not okay. You know, like I am hurting and I'm struggling just coming here over and over again and trying to give you what you want and be who you want me to be. I can't do it anymore. Um, it's not okay. And his struggles are just as valid as Barbie's. They are. Yeah. And we can't, they are, we function in a better, in a, yes, they are. We function in a society better. I think when people feel like they're not being marginalized and, yeah. and we accept everybody and that's hard to do. And you have to make the choice for yourself. You can't make the choice for everybody else. Unfortunately, we can't make everybody think the same way we, we think or else we'd be in Barbie world. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. So I believe that Ken is finding his voice, like you said, and he is tr- trying to find a way. He takes over Barbie land for a while. We're sorry. We're giving the movie away. I know he takes over Barbie world. I keep calling it land. I don't know why. It's the whole Disney world thing. You know, there's yep. Disneyland and Disney world. <laughs> and where you I California people. <laughs> yeah. California people have Disneyland. Uh, so he wants to take over Barbie world and make it Ken world basically, which works for him for a little while until they both realize that it's not working for both of them. And what works better for me is what also works for the people around me. So I think that that's a a takeaway from the movie as well, that society works better when we all work together to make it work versus trying to make it work for just us. Yeah. And it's very a reflection of society in general, because we tend to swing back and forth, right? You know, it goes one way and people get really scared and they want to go totally the opposite way. Right. You know, we kind of do this dramatic shift back and forth Always. and no one's stopping to just listen to the people in the middle and find out, you know, how we can change um, to make everyone feel like they're included that they have a place regardless of where they are in life or what their background is or what their ethnicity is or any of those things that we use to define people. Right. Um, we don't need the extremes. You know, we don't need this one person or this one group of people calling all the shots and making all the decisions and everyone else just has to deal with it. You know, that's not good on any end, no matter who's on top making the decisions. Right. Right. So, yeah, I guess the moral of the story is watch the movie. It's a great movie. If you haven't seen it already, we're sorry we gave away some stuff, <laughs> but it's a great movie. You're going to love it. And uh, it's great if you love Barbies. It's great if you hate Barbies because there's some good stuff about them both ways. And they, yeah. they bring in Ruth Handler. Ruth Handler. <laughs> they bring in Ruth Handler and they show us how Barbie got created and why she got created. And I think why she got created was a great thing. So I really enjoyed it. Yeah. It, it was fun. It was fun from a retro standpoint, just kind of reliving some mm-hmm. of our childhood and just, we've spent time on Pinterest kind of browsing yeah. <laughs> through the, the old ads and Hey, that looks familiar. We had that. 
Um, but it, it also has a lot of good messaging in there. And so I feel like that makes it definitely, definitely worth watching. Um, yeah. and thinking about and giving some thought to, so. Great way to spend an afternoon with a good friend. Absolutely. Best friends. It was. Yes, it was. <laughs> I agree. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed reminiscing about Barbie as much as we did. Hang in there. We're all doing the best we can. Have a good week.